Today on Drawing Near, we continue our study of Revelation chapter 11 and the two powerful and extraordinary witnesses. As part of our study today, we once again see the victory of Christ over death. So please open your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ chapter 11 and join us for a hollow holiday. Before we study God's Word, let's pray together. And Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this day and the opportunity that we have to study together. Lord, I pray that as we study, we recognize the importance of ingesting your word day by day, drawing near to you, drawing near and study to the Holy Spirit in your word, and seeing all that is taking place in your world through Jesus Christ and as a result of his death, burial, and resurrection. Help us, Father, to study with a clarity of mind and with understanding, to be able to see and discern. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you will recall, in our last study, we examined how these two great witnesses tormented the earth for a period of time through their testimony and their extraordinary powers. When their testimony was finished, the beast came out of the bottomless pit, made war against them, overcame them, and killed them. And we learned in verse 8 that their dead bodies will lie on the street of what is called the great city, spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. In other words, Jerusalem. So in Revelation 11, verse 9, we read, Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. For three and a half years, the peoples of the world had endured the testimonies of these two witnesses. Those who had tried to harm them had suffered their wrath. There had been demonstrations of God's power through them on the earth. And now they were dead, killed by the beast, who making war on them had overcome them. And being dead, the world will not allow them to be buried. They leave their dead bodies to simply lie in the street. This will certainly be evidence of their disrespect and disdain for these two witnesses and for their testimony. No one will come forward for a memorial service. They will simply leave their dead bodies in the street, decaying for three and a half days. Take a look at verse 10. It says, And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. After they are killed, there is not simply relief. There is a holiday. There is a celebration. People are rejoicing. They're making merry. They're buying and sending gifts to one another. They are grateful that they're dead, and now there is a new holiday on the earth, all because of what the beast does in killing these two witnesses. In order to understand what's coming, somehow we need to imagine or understand in our hearts the emotions of the people on the earth as a result of the ministry of these two witnesses. Because during this three-and-a-half-year period of time in which they were witnessing, we are told in verse 10 that the peoples of the earth were tormented. Just like all of the other things that have happened on the earth, through the opening of the other seals and the blowing of the other trumpets, the presence of these two witnesses can bring about salvation for anyone who accepts the gospel. 
But the people on the earth are tormented, just like through the locust or just like through the other judgments. They are tired of these two witnesses. They want them to go away. They want relief. And when they're finally killed, there's a party, there's a celebration, there's great rejoicing, there's a holiday, there's giving gifts. Then in verse 11 we read, Now after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. When they come back to life, remember their bodies lying in the streets, so when they come back to life, everyone can see it. We don't know what technology will exist, but it appears that all the peoples, tribes, nations will see this. And when they stand on their feet, when they come back to life, great fear fall on all of those who see them. They're afraid their torment is just beginning. In verse 12, the peoples of the earth hear a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. They not only hear this sound, but it's a voice, and they hear the words of the voice. And having heard come up here, the two witnesses ascended to heaven on a cloud, in the same way we see the Lord Jesus ascending in the book of Acts. And their enemies saw them. Their enemies who had celebrated a great victory by the beast, their final relief from these two witnesses' torments, they were giving gifts and celebrating. Now these two witnesses receive the breath of God, stand on their feet, and everyone is terrified. And then God calls these two witnesses heavenward, and they ascend before the very eyes of their enemies in a cloud into heaven. Verse 13 tells us that in the very same hour, there was an earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. The city is Jerusalem and a tenth of the structures, a tenth of the city, falls in this great earthquake. And in the great earthquake, 7,000 people were killed. So we don't miss this. It appears that the center of these two witnesses' ministry was Israel, Jerusalem. And God seems to be trying to fulfill his covenant by calling wayward Israel back to him, the descendants of Abraham. He wants them to be redeemed. He wants them to come back. Formerly, they have rejected Jesus Christ as their Messiah and Savior, and now God is working to redeem them as well as demonstrate his power and presence throughout the world. And the world, it appears, is watching. They're being tormented, but they're watching as plagues and earthquakes and waters are turned to blood. As all of this is going on, they're observing this scene that is centered in Jerusalem. And as a result of the rejection of the witness and their treatment of these two witnesses, a tenth of the city of Jerusalem falls and 7,000 of its people are killed. And the rest who were not killed were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. I may be wrong about this. I don't believe the rest of the world is giving glory to the God of heaven, but rather the rest of those in Jerusalem who were not killed were afraid and gave the glory to the God of heaven. Based on what follows, that seems to make the most sense to me. And then notice what is said in verse 14. 
The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. All that we've experienced through these two witnesses, that was a part of the second woe. These woes are intensified judgments. That gives us an idea of how these two witnesses affected the earth. They're intensified judgments. They're powerful. Great destruction is coming. And so now the first woe and the second woe is past, and the third woe is coming quickly, and we begin to see that unfold in verse 15. And Lord willing, we'll take that up next time. Our Heavenly Father and Lord, I'm awed by your power and presence in creation, the way you work and interact among all of those people that you have created, sustained, and desire to redeem. Father, help us to always rejoice and worship you for all of your mighty acts and great deeds. Your works and wonders are awesome. And as we behold them in Scripture or in our lives, we need to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Father, continue to open our eyes to how we are to live in this world in anticipation of these days. And Father, continue to save. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.